Welcome to Trucker's Voices Podcast, 112-23. This week, we had the opportunity to talk to Laura Cyrus and Liz Williamson from Truckers Against Trafficking. They talked to us about the red flags of human trafficking and what to look for. Liz gives us her testimony as a victim. So y'all sit back, y'all relax, and enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I hope everybody's doing good this fine Thursday afternoon. I hope that you had a good day of trucking out there. I hope that you got from point A to point B. And back to point A. Uh, and, you know, uh, as my buddy Steve always says, the uh, most important trip of the day is the trip when we walk back through that door at our house. Hey, we got a good show in store for you tonight, and we appreciate every one of you that come on here and uh, and support us every week. It's, it's, it's your show, and it's not my show. It's called Trucker's Voices. So uh, we always want to hear from you. We want to hear your voices out there, and we want to hear your stories about how you got into trucking, some of the trucks that you drove, just anything that you want to talk about. We kind of keep this show kind of generic and organic. Um, we don't have any scripted questions by no means or anything like that. But however, tonight we got a special show for you. We got some folks here that's going to come on and talk about the um, tragedies of human trafficking. And um, I'll introduce those folks in just a few minutes. But uh, without me just taking all the time up on the mic here, I got to bring my co-host Steve in here and let him greet everybody. Hey, hey Steve. Tim. How you doing, brother? How's everybody doing out there? Hope everybody had a good day and having a good evening. A little rainy up here in the Buckeye State. They're saying we can get a little snow later, but I don't think it's going to amount to anything. But got to watch the uh, slick spots in the morning. But, uh, you know, it's been pretty good. How about yourself? How's the weather down there? Oh, man, today we had some uh, storms roll through. Uh, I went up to Atlanta and... Uh, and I got out of Atlanta as fast as I could because the storms were rolling through. But uh, we're supposed to get it here again after a while. Uh, it's supposed to come and uh, rain's supposed to set in. We got 8% coming in about 9 30, 10 o'clock. So, anyway, um, but the weather's about 70 degrees down here, Steve. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. Rub it in. I, it's, it's probably in the mid 40s up here. But like I said, it's, it's raining, misting, raining. Man, I seen some lightning and some thunder today. Oh, it was crazy. But um, you know, it's all good. I I did watch a little bit of the Weather Channel. I guess I got some tornadoes down there in Alabama, a little bit in Mississippi. Man, my heart goes out to those folks. Hope everybody's okay and, and uh, surviving and everything down there. You know, what kind of weather is this for January? You know, it's kind of weird. A but crazy. Uh, but it's all good, man. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to get the. Uh, Get the show started, brother. It's going to be a great show tonight. It's going to be a great show, and uh, I hope it, if those of you that miss it, you can always go back and watch the replay on Facebook or either YouTube, or on you can go listen to it while you're driving down the road on Spotify, Apple uh, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. That easy. Make it that easy, and it won't cost you a dime. So uh, y'all have no excuse not to catch the show. <clears throat> Without further ado, Steve, uh, let's bring our guests in here and let's get this started. Uh, I first want to bring in here Laura 
from uh, Truckers Against Trafficking. Laura, if you would just greet the folks out there tonight. Yeah. Hey, good evening, everybody. Um, hello from Michigan. Yeah. Thankfully, you know, Steve, I was watching the weather this, uh, this week because we were expected to get some snow and then the model kept changing and going further, further south. So I'm glad that um, us up here in Michigan aren't, aren't getting any more snow for the moment either. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely wish it was 70 degrees. That's for sure, Tim. That that definitely that hurt a little bit. But it is January in Michigan. What can you expect? So, well, when it does get cold down here, and I have something to say about it, I always got those folks like, ah, oh, it ain't cold down there. It's like 46 <laughs> degrees. Right. We wear shorts, you know, up here when it's 47 <laughs> degrees. So, anyway, so, hey, Laura, it's so glad, glad, good to have you come back on the show tonight. And um, we want to highlight human traffic, you know, trafficking, and it is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. So uh, that's why we wanted to bring you back on there, because we know that this is a subject that is important to all of us. Uh, we all have a passion about it, and we all, we all want to find a way to stop this horrible crime that's, that's going on out there. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I believe you brought someone with you, and I reserve bringing her on. I want to let you introduce her, and I will bring her on. Absolutely. Yeah, this I'm so pleased to have with me my colleague, um, a training specialist with TAT and survivor leader, Miss Liz Williamson, joining us tonight. Liz, welcome to Truckers Voices tonight. Well, hey, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. And I got to tell you, I am sitting in a hotel room doing great work in the Human Trafficking Awareness Month in Denver, but I'm actually from California. And I think all of the snow and rain that you guys are getting came from us. So I'm sorry, but I'm glad it's leaving California. And I'm just hopeful to not have to get a canoe to go back to my house tomorrow. <clears throat> yes. Yes. No doubt. What part of California are you from? Sacramento. And I mean, it's madness. There were trees down my street. It just our power was off a lot. And there was so much standing water that it just doesn't have anywhere to go. One of our lakes grew 40 feet in a day. Wow. Oh, wow. But to say... We've had a drought for what three years now, so I'm grateful for it, but I sure wish it didn't all come at once. Yeah, yeah no, doubt. no doubt. So, we wanted to bring you um, all back on because, like Steve and myself, we're both ambassadors for uh, Truckers Against uh, Trafficking, and uh, we're doing our best to do what we can do by educating other drivers out there on the highway about you know human trafficking, but um. Anyway, uh, we're going to give you the floor tonight, so we're going to let you take the show away, and we may have a few questions here or there, and at the end of the show, uh, we're going to open the phone lines up if anybody wants to call into the show. It's 251-616-2151, but y'all just wait until we open the phone lines up, okay? So um, anyway, Laura, I'm going to let you have the floor here. Yeah, thanks. Well, I mean, we're just glad to come on and, and chat with you all, and I know um, you know, your your viewers and your community of, of drivers um, really can have a, a great impact in this work. And um, the month of January, as you mentioned, is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. Um, it is a special designation since 2010. That was the first, the first year that January was sort of the month for human trafficking awareness. Obviously, you know, we want everybody like you guys are to be passionate about it all year long. Um, but it is a great opportunity to um, have campaigns and, uh, you know, do an increased number of events. In fact, January 
you might expect is super busy for our staff. Um, I think I counted over 35 events that our team is doing this month, both virtual and in person, um, and just a, a number of different things from webinars. Um, I'm doing a a whole series of training webinars next week with a couple different um, large carriers and 3PL providers, um, just really looking to increase awareness within their carrier network, but also their own employees. We're doing a lot of employee engagement this month with different, um, both trucking companies and some of the large shippers and manufacturers that we work with to increase um, corporate employee awareness too. Because as you gentlemen know, um, obviously we are truckers against trafficking. That's how we got started. That's sort of the, the, the main programming of our work, but this takes everybody. Um, and, you know, educating those corporate folks that sit behind the desk is just as important because we're all community members. We all have a, an opportunity to, to see something, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when you and I were talking the other day, you mentioned to me about something that um, well, I thought was important. You're moving into the um, home delivery sector and trying to get those folks educated there also. Can you speak to that just a little bit? Sure. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, we have a, a fantastic new training that was released in Liz. May, April of 2022. It was like just before the midpoint of the year. Um, a project I'm that say April. Yeah, that feels right. Um, a project that Liz and I actually worked a long time on together. Um, uh, but it is a training specific to folks that are going into homes, whether they are professional movers or um, in-home delivery professionals like your exercise equipment or your washer and dryer or, um, you know, any kind of in-home delivery that you may have, just what some of the red flags um, that those that those people may see. Um, and Liz, if you want to, I mean, talk a little bit about that training and, sure. and why it is so important, um, I'd love to have your input. So that training was so important to me because I was actually trafficked and I began to first be trafficked by my mom when I was six. So that meant I was living at home. And if we had someone who was a delivery person or a repair person come into our home, what could they have seen and noticed that could have helped lead to my freedom? Unfortunately, that wasn't reality, but that's also why I am so incredibly passionate to do whatever we can for awareness. Um, so that video is a personal project of mine that I am really proud of just tremendously proud to be able to lend my experience to make people realize that it's a crime that happens, that shouldn't happen, but we need our community to be aware because I had neighbors. I had people that interacted with me who could have made a difference. So, so Liz, did I get that right? You was trafficked by your you mother. You're, you're processing six, right. Six o'clock. I mean, six, six years old. I know that that is really hard for those of us who have young people that we love and adore. When I tell people to fight for human trafficking, you need to imagine these victims as people that you love dearly because that passion will not die out. If you think about a victim and I will get emotional and I'm sorry that my emotions are just on the surface and that is what it is. Right. Please so. No one, no one fought for me. That is the reality. It's uncomfortable. It's hideous. My mom should not have done what she did. People should not have the appetite to buy another human being. 
if they didn't have that desire and if my mom wasn't greedy if she didn't want money let's let's be honest that there is a money there's a greed factor that goes into human trafficking where you use people as product and it's uncomfortable but you know there's been studies released in the last year that talks about how parents and caregivers are a main source of trafficking that we have not even started to really scratch the surface of because we don't want to we do not as a society really want to look and think is my neighbor capable of selling their child hmm. and i am not saying conspiracy theory i'm not saying that everyone does it i am just saying we have to be safe adults to where if a child tells us the truth we listen and we do something i cannot imagine I have a five-year-old granddaughter. I cannot imagine that. And uh, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. Me too. And can you just take us back through and tell us your story? Tell us your story from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know what topics are off limits on this podcast. So I apologize in advance if I make people uncomfortable. I will tell the truth as I see it as gently as I can. The floor is yours. Okay. So I grew up in a family that was deeply involved with pornography. I grew up in a family that did not see other human beings as people. I was an object. They loved money more than they loved me. Um, We had all of the right things on the outside. I went to school. I went to ballet class. We had our seats in church. And if someone sat in those seats, you better know that you should move. So we did all the right things on the outside. But on the inside, our family had a big secret. Growing up that way, and I think this is true to today, we have sexual abuse that happens in family that maybe it doesn't lead to trafficking, but it's sure vulnerability for trafficking to happen later. And the reason for that is because if your no doesn't matter for the listeners that have experienced abuse, you know what I'm talking about. When people say, oh, why didn't you say no? Why didn't you fight back? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I did. And it doesn't always work out the way that we want it to because adults are older and stronger. And sometimes you have to choose to survive. So that is my reality that I chose to survive. Uh, Growing up that way, I still attended school. There's a lot of misconceptions that, you know, kids are pulled out of school. You can actually still function with severe trauma going on. That's why it's important for teachers and bus drivers to be aware of the signs of human trafficking. Um, Truckers Against Trafficking also has a program for school bus drivers. It's a half hour video where I share more of my story. I want to use this as a piece to equip people, not to paralyze them. I know that it's hard to hear and it's hard to process. Um, I started being sold when I was six years old. Sometimes when people hear that, they try to think, how does that happen? What does that mean? It means that there were men that were willing to pay money to have access to my body. I'll just let that be what it is. They would pick me up from my dance class and drop me back off. And I lived that way until I was 18 and I left for college in the way that I thought to escape. I thought I just needed a zip code change. I didn't know that you had to heal your head and you had to heal your heart. 
I didn't really have the resources that I needed. And so a gentleman approached me when I was an adult and he said, I can make your life comfortable. Guys, I knew he was a scumbag, but I was a target because the community did not step up and do what they should do. I didn't have someone say, I'll be your family. So unfortunately my trafficking didn't stop until I was 23. By the time it stopped, I just felt like a shell of a person because all of the warning signs that they talk about human trafficking, was I deprived of food? Yes. Was I controlled? Yes. Was I controlled in my mind just as much as I was physically? Absolutely. But did I think I was worth fighting for? No, I didn't because I believed that I was invisible and that I didn't matter. So that's where all of you guys come in. For the victims that are still out there, if we truly believe that we're invisible, you have to fight for us and fight with us to get us out of this situation. So I think I'll stop there and let you guys respond because I know that I threw a lot at you. Well, and I just want to say, I want to say one thing, Tim, sorry to, I, I feel like I'm interrupting a thought you were going to have, but sure, Liz made such a great point there. Um, first of all, thank you, Liz, just for who you are. You are amazing. You know, I love you um, for so many reasons. Um, but the the point that she made about all of the, the truck drivers, especially, or bus drivers or energy workers or whoever those frontline people are that, that we're working to train, um, being willing to fight or being willing to, to step in and do something, that honestly, guys, can just be as simple as a question. Like, are you okay? Can I get you something to eat? And and in that one moment, um, that, that interaction, that um, show of kindness and expression of humanity might not be the day and the time that that victim of human trafficking exits that life. But by speaking into... Um, I think just the the yeah the humanity of seeing someone you you don't know maybe they're not being trafficked maybe they're having a bad day maybe they're experiencing homelessness or hunger or whatever it is but by acting with compassion to people around us and not being like so stuck in our phones all the time and not concerned about what's going on you are helping to deposit emotional currency into someone who like Liz is saying she she didn't think she was worth fighting for right and even by being kind to people whether they're trafficking victims or not um, it makes a huge difference and even if that one day that one moment wasn't the the opportunity um, for that victim to be able to leave um, or exit that that situation that day you still um, were able to instill hope even if it was for a, you know, a five minute period of time. And that can make a big difference. Right. You know, right. What? it's kindness. We, I think that we think kindness is overrated. When I did exit human trafficking, there was a bus driver who asked me if I was okay and said that I could get out of the rain and I could sit on the bus. And I was unsure if I could trust him. And I was unsure if that meant that he wanted to sleep with me. I mean, honestly, my trust level was non-existent. So, and he's, yes. So that was going to be my, my next yep. question is how did you break the cycle? I left without shoes on in the middle of the night in a rainstorm. I didn't have the mindset of, Oh, I'm going to go do something different with my life. 
it was more, I can't stay here. I'm going to die. And I, I was just devoid of hope. And, um, I did start out with shoes on. They fell off. Meh. I got blood blisters on the bottom of my feet. They were as big as my heels. It was painful to run. And one of the more painful moments of those memories is that no one stopped. I beg you, if you see a woman who is half clothed running down the street, at least call 911. If you don't want to get involved, I don't mind that. But what I will say is that I needed help. I just truly, genuinely needed help. Right. And, um, I tried to get out of the rain for a bit and I found a bus shelter. So I went underneath the overhang and this bus pulls up and he says, would you like to get on the bus? And I said, I don't have any money. I don't need to get on the bus. And he says, ma'am, I'm not worried about that. I just want you to get out of the rain. And, uh, so I got on the bus and I sat a little bit further away from him because I honestly wasn't sure what he wanted from me and if I could provide that and I'll try to be as gentle as what I'm implying. Um, and he says, Hey, are you hungry? And in my mind as the victim, I'm thinking, what do I have to do for what he's offering me? So you was, life, you, yeah. you was conditioned that way. Your mind was yep. conditioned yep. that way. Nothing was free. So when a victim approaches kindness with skepticism, we're not trying to be rude. We're trying to filter that through what the abuse has conditioned us to believe. Mm -hmm. And he gave me that sandwich and I kind of snatched it away from him because I thought it was a joke. Maybe he'd change his mind. I had no reason to believe in people's kindness. And um, he told me that his wife had made him a sandwich and he was happy to give it to me. And it was no problem and he wouldn't be hungry and don't worry about him. It was the worst sandwich because it had olives, but it was the best sandwich because he treated me like a human being. He didn't have magic answers. He knew that I was a woman in trouble. He knew that I didn't have a lot of clothing on. He knew that I was wet to the bone and running from something. And I ended up at a homeless shelter. It's a long story. It would take longer than your podcast. But <laughs> but I will say that I've been out of trafficking for 13 years now, 12, something like that. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm married. Uh, I, you know, have a home. I have a dog that I like and a cat that I don't. Sorry for the cat people. And you know what? I have built a wonderful life for myself. Yeah. One that I couldn't have imagined when I was running. I am, I am so glad that you are out of that life. And it takes me back to a time that I first experienced somebody <clears throat> that might have been uh, in a trafficking situation before I even knew anything about Truckers Against Trafficking. There was a young girl down in Ocala, Florida, and me and some of my coworkers had stopped to take a break and this car pulled up and it looked like a grandma getting out of the car and um laura's heard this story before and the young girl got out and they was off in commercial sex there that young lady was not in control the person mm -hmm. that was in control was the grandmother looking figure so i say that the people may not always look like a pimp you know yeah. it could be it could be somebody that looks like a grandmother it could be a mother that's actually mm -hmm. You know, yeah. 
trafficking their their child. But anyway, I'll I'll back off the mic a little bit. Uh, Steve, I know Steve might have a couple of questions there for you also. God, God bless you, Liz. And um, he does. Li- listen, listening to your story, that bus driver was put there at that right time at that place. You know, so uh, I am so glad to hear that. Uh, I drove over the road from 1989 to 1996, and I seen a lot of activity in the truck stops. I knew nothing about trafficking, and you know, uh, uh, just like you said, just to say hi. Uh, you could tell my my words of "Hey, how you doing this evening?" was encouraging to them. But I could tell they were scared. Do they continue a conversation with me or not? You know, and, and like you said, like Tim just said, you know, a pimp can be anybody. So, you know, I, I treaded lightly. Uh, I, I made a couple phone calls throughout the years to the local police department. Uh, you know, I did see them come through the truck stop, but pretty much everybody just kind of scattered. You know, they didn't see a whole lot. I didn't put myself out there to, uh, you know, talk to the officer or anything like that. Now I wish if I knew then what I know now, how it would do different, you know, but uh, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming on your courage. You're brave, you know, and, and God bless you. God bless you. So, he does. He does. Yeah, you know every what? day, every day. And, yeah. uh, you know, the more we can get the word out, the better. And, and, um, <clears throat> You know, this, uh, uh, this, I'm sure it'll come up a little later, maybe, but I'll go ahead and bring it now. It's like everybody coming across the southern border. What, what are we, what are we dealing with, Laura? Have you heard? Uh, you know, I think, I think it's, it's an interesting, there's so much going on, first of all. <laughs> there's so much in our world from COVID to economic well, issues to, um, you know, folks, right, coming across borders, wherever they are, folks fleeing um, situations and, and trying to seek better life. The, the thing that we have to remember in all of this in 2023, how is it 2023, by the way, um, exactly. is just that traffickers are master manipulators. They understand how to look for vulnerabilities and how to speak into um, those vulnerable places in people's lives. So whether that is, um, you know, uh, somebody that's experiencing um, abuse at home or they are trying to get into a different country because they're looking for a better life, they don't speak the language, they don't have money, they don't, you know, have any resources. If it's, uh, you know, someone experiencing homelessness or any number of these vulnerabilities that, that we know exist, um, they are going to use that to their advantage. And they're counting on all of us right? Just like you gentlemen have have explained, just to be naive about the issue and to not understand um, what's really going on or to maybe, you know, want to put blinders on. It's not, Liz mentioned, you know, if you ever see a, a, a half-clothed person running down the road, you know, at least call the police. And I've heard that time and time again from others that have just said, I, I was shocked that I was running naked down the road in a neighborhood. People saw me and nobody, nobody came and offered me a blanket. Nobody, you know, yelled out to see if I needed help. Like I was on my own. And until you know, right, until you know, um, 
sometimes that's not going to make sense. But that is why, again, it is so important to spread the education. And it is so important from the OTR perspective to the local driver perspective, which we have that training now as well, to the in-home and professional mover perspective. There are all these different niches, the bus, the bus folks, school bus drivers, transit drivers, the energy industry folks, those that are um, out in the oil and gas boom towns, out at these oil rigs, out at these man camps, um, you know, all of these places, unfortunately, how sick is it? All of these places can be um, opportunities where these traffickers are selling their victims in residential homes, right? Um, in campgrounds, in all kinds of different, I mean, unfortunately, any place you could think of. And while they are counting on all of us to be ignorant or to just want to turn a blind eye, we know that we have to do more and, and that we can, that, and that's what this program proves, that we can speak into this. We can make calls. We don't have to be Batman or Superman and recover people. Um, you know, my dogs are gonna, are gonna bark. So I'm gonna go on mute, but Liz, take it away or guys, if you have another question. Well, well I was, go ahead, Steve. I, I was just gonna say that the last several years we've been in this, this lawyer age, you know, uh, I don't want to get involved because I'll get sued. I don't want to get involved mm -hmm. because I'll get bashed, you know, and uh, I think to a certain degree in certain areas, we're starting to come out of that. People saying, Hey, enough is enough. I got to say something. If you sue me, sue me. I don't care. You know, uh, like I said, that bus driver, he was put there for a reason. He noticed something. He, he stepped his game up, but in, in, uh, also, like you said, Liz, uh, you was very standoffish. You you was you know unfamiliar. Uh, so you know we we as as citizens we got to watch when we approach somebody if they're standoffish. Don't push it, you know. But this this really bothers me. The last several years of this, well, you know, you say hi to somebody, you're afraid they're going to sue you. You know, he invaded my space or she invaded my space, but. Uh, We've got to, we got to get the word out. You know, we got to, we got to get the word out and, and people can't be scared of that lawyer. You've mm -hmm. got to, you never know what's going to happen. You know, I mean, I got little kids that walk up and down my neighborhood street. I always speak to them. Hi, how you doing? You know, I'm not accusing my neighbors of anything, but I'm just checking, you know, just say hi, see what their reactions are, you know, and just kind of put it out there, but uh, go ahead, Tim. Well, I was just going to say, um, Sometimes, you know, what we don't know is, is a problem. So I'm saying that to say this, any mm -hmm. of our drivers out there that hasn't been TAT certified or trained, it's so easy. It's so easy. Uh, I first heard about TAT from the Georgia TDC. Young lady come down there and she spoke and uh, sparked my interest. Then I become an America's road team captain and I had the opportunity to actually get a bigger platform on how to jump in there and, um, you know, help try to help educate other people on it. But I, I'm going to encourage every one of you drivers out there to get TAT certified. And I'll back off the mic here and let Laura speak to that a little bit. How do they get TAT certified, Laura? Yeah, so we have um, an education platform. If you go to education.truckersagainsttrafficking.org. We call it our portal. Um, you can register 
all of it is free. You register and then you can take any of our, our courses. You could watch the bus course. You could watch all of the three transportation, you know, trucking related courses that we have. Um, it, it doesn't matter. You can watch them all. Uh, and in less than 30 minutes per course, you can watch that film, take a brief, um, just learning check type of a quiz. And then upon passing, which is not hard if you've been paying attention. And these videos are um, so uh, moving and gripping and um, just, it, it's hard to, to, not get, um, to not get fired up personally, I think. Once you watch any of these videos, you, you want to do something. And so if you've been paying attention, you take a short quiz, you pass, you get a personalized um, Truckers Against Trafficking certificate. And you know then you are officially certified. That's how you can do it on an individual basis. If you work for a company uh, that is not already deploying the TAT training, either in like a regular safety meeting or as a part of new hire orientation, send us an email. Let's talk because we have opportunities for group training. There's opportunities for companies that utilize um, a learning management system themselves within, you know, yay, there's your certificate. I was, I was wondering if that's what you were <laughs> searching for. That, that's that's what I was searching for. That <laughs> happened on uh, 325 of 17. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And I believe I did it at the Louisville truck show. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, oh, and there's the link. Great. Yep. Yeah, against Truckers. Perfect. Um, but, uh, you know, we have opportunities and, and methods to deploy that training, whether you're an owner operator um, or, you know, you've got, you work for a company that's got tens of thousands of drivers. We've got ways to, to make that um, seamless and easy for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that it is so easy. It is so easy. And you know what? Um, well, you know what? Let me roll my the video that I made for this week and uh, real quick, like, and then we'll come back and we'll talk uh, a little bit more. Okay. <clears throat> hey, good afternoon, everybody. Hey, I just want to let you know that this month is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And a lot of human trafficking uh, takes place in different places. But one of the places that it takes uh, place in is it's in a truck stop. Now this is a small truck stop that I'm in, but human trafficking can be going on right up under your nose. If you don't know what to look for, some of the red flags, uh, you won't even know that it's going on. So I would encourage each and every one of you to go to Truckers Against Trafficking, go through their course, get signed, and educate yourself on the, on the red flags that happens in human trafficking. You are the eyes and ears of the highway and you can make a difference. Um, encourage everybody to um, go and check it out and get, get certified. I, I played that video because I wanted to everybody to know that, you know what, there are red flags out there. There is things that might be happening, and if you're not educated, you won't know about it. Let's just say if there's a suspicious RV that's parked in a truck stop, you see people going to and fro to that uh, RV. You know what? If you're trained and knowing what to look for, you, you'll know something suspicious is going on there. You know what? It's better to figure out how this works and train yourself. <clears throat> and you know what? If you do make a call and it turns out to be nothing, hey, it's nothing. But if you do make a call and you you get one victim out of it, you save them a lifetime mm -hmm. of human trafficking. So I'm going to encourage 
everybody out there to go and sign up. Uh, I'll put the website back up there and I'm going to leave it up there. I want everybody to go and get trained. So anyway, all right. So who go take it away, uh, Laura, either Liv. Well, I, I mean, I was just going to say, you know, you talk about preventing um, and I hope I don't get emotional, Liz. <laughs> um, talk about preventing years of exploitation. But as we were working on this video for the moving and in-home delivery space folks, it's it's the thought of and, and, you know, I know for the drivers, there's so many that we've spoken to that have this missed opportunity type of a, a story before they before they understood what they were looking at. Um, but to hear um, Liz's testimony in this in this video talk about, you know, if if somebody had paid attention, if a normal, healthy adult had noticed some of these blatant red flags that were happening um, in in her home, if it was a cable guy or a plumber or one of the professional movers that may have come into the home. Right. Um, and would have acted on that. Liz says this so beautifully, and these aren't my words, but, you know, she wouldn't expect that person to to hold her hand throughout her entire recovery, but just to make a phone call. Literal years of exploitation could have been prevented. Um, and so when we think about missed opportunities um, for all of the drivers out there, whether you are OTR and you're, you're stopping at truck stops or rest areas or hotels or motels, or if you're local or regional, right? And you're going home every night, there are opportunities for you to see this as well. Take our local driver training. Um, if you're somebody, I mean, gosh, think of the, the, the mobile army that exists delivering at grocery stores and convenience stores and, um, you know, Amazon Prime and UPS and all of the folks that are making deliveries to, to homes and businesses. Um, there are things that you can be looking out for. You know, is there abnormal security at a particular home or business? Does it look like at a, at a place of business, like maybe a restaurant or a nail salon or something that, that you may be going to just as a, a consumer? Um, does it look like people are living there? Why would they be living at work? Um, are people able to speak for themselves? Um, are they uh, looking like they're disheveled or malnourished? Um, in the case of residential homes, you know, in your own neighborhood, do you notice, um, you know, different cars always coming and going from a particular sort of end of your street or something and and just different men, although we know it's not always men, but predominantly um, coming and going from one particular home. Um, these are all potential indications um, that that there's something not right. Again, we we're not saying that it's always going to be trafficking, but as you start to continue to learn more and more red flags and understand more and more of the nuances of trafficking, you can really start to pick up on that sense of, okay, something's not right. And you mentioned the hotline, Tim, and, and how you can call and be wrong. That's the great thing about this, drivers, is Again, we're not asking you to be Batman or Superman. We're not asking you to go in and recover victims yourself. It's not only not safe for you, it's not safe for the victim. Just be willing to make an anonymous call and you do not have to be right. The hotline has told us, encourage people to call. We don't care if they're wrong. We even have law enforcement on tape telling us, call. We will not be mad at you um, for calling in these tips if it's if it's not you know a, a trafficking situation. But just imagine what would happen if you don't call. That's that's really the the thing I wanted to get across. Right, right. Steve. Uh, go ahead, Tim. 
I'm 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 listening. I'm I'm putting things together and and um, okay. Uh, I, yeah, I, I just I just wanted to bring out that certificate. I knew I had that. I wanted to show everybody what you get. Yeah. You know. Um, Liz, I wonder if if you might um, help educate folks on some of the signs from that in-home perspective. Some of those red flags that we had put together um, sure. on what in-home delivery folks uh, could be looking out for. Sure. So some obvious examples of red flags, at least from my experience, and I know many other survivors, um, pornography was displayed throughout the home and it was really obnoxious and obvious. There was a lack of regard for human beings and they just made it clear <clears throat> that might make us as people uncomfortable, but for them, it was no big deal. Um, it could look like one member of the family is living out of a suitcase. They look like they don't even live there. Um, it could look like substandard living conditions for that one person where everyone else um, has, you know, a normal bedroom and one person doesn't. In my case, there was a lock on the outside of my bedroom door. Um, when you went into my bathroom, a little girl's bathroom, there was um, obvious paraphernalia for what you might need for sexual activity. That shouldn't have been in my bathroom. I don't know how to say that in a different way. Uh, there was just stuff that was obvious in my bedroom where as an adult thinking back now, I'm horrified. Um, when I think about a little girl's bedroom, I think about it being a safe haven. I think about bedtime stories. I think about nighttime prayers. That's what I think about. And that wasn't my reality. Um, another example of a red flag could be just obvious signs of abuse, obvious signs of neglect, where you just know that something is off here. Something's not quite right. Um, they may not address that child or that person as a human being, you know, they may not talk to them. They, that child may make no eye contact because they're told not to, or they're scared out of their minds that you're a bad person too. So they don't even want to go near you. So I think that's one of the highlights to me is we have to be good people on our guard just to make a phone call and say, Hey, this is what I saw. You're not responsible for the outcome. <clears throat> But if you see something and you say something, then the professionals take over. I, I will say that I know that we all carry these stories and these moments with us. And sometimes we have guilt or a burden of, I should have done something more. And I just want to say, we learn better, so we know better, so we do better. But there's no guilt and shame. We, we can't carry that because it doesn't make us an effective ad advocate now. So instead, we'll do better for the next people that we encounter. And we use it as a learning opportunity. But I just want to lessen the shame of I could have done something different. We are not God and we're not responsible for somebody's outcome. Right. Now, Liz, was you growing up in that household, was you not allowed to have friends and stuff over for fear of what was going on would maybe come out? Uh, a little bit of both. I was afraid that if I brought my friends over, the same would happen to them. Yeah, okay. So I felt more protective of people. Um, and I just knew that my family was weird. It was different. I felt 
ashamed and embarrassed and all of these big words for a kid that you don't even know the feeling of, you're right. just comfortable. I knew when I went to other people's houses that my house was not the same. I was surprised when I would go to sleepovers and like nothing bad happened at night. Right. That was kind of bizarre. Um, so I was always cataloging like, oh, this is different. This is, this isn't the same as mine. And so I think as a kid, one of the things that would be the most effective to me is to teach appropriate feeling words. This is how I'm feeling. Looking at one of those feeling charts with all the little faces and telling them it's okay to express it. I feel scared. I feel mad. I feel disgusted. I feel ashamed, whatever. Um, and then to let them express it. Another thing that is huge to me is um, anatomically correct names for body parts. Because if we use a name for a woman's, am I allowed to say vagina? I don't know if I'm offending yeah, people. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If if we tell them, make sure you wipe your cookie, you will have no idea if that child looks at you and says, so-and-so tried to touch my cookie. Right. So we're, we're putting kids to disservice. I am not saying that we have to have an in-depth conversation that is above their comprehension level. And we don't also have to be scared of everything. But what we do, just, just to acknowledge that, hey, your body is yours and no one's allowed to touch it. Right. Like you're allowed to say no. You're allowed to say, I'm not comfortable. I, you know, I don't want this. I don't want that. Um, I think that would have been a huge skill for me. And I wish I had had that as a kid. Right. I certainly have it as an adult and I have a pretty uh, feisty personality at times. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So, so, uh, audience, uh, I want to open up the phone line now. So if you want to call, anybody wants to call in and, uh, talk to Liz or talk to Laura about this, uh, it's two, five, one, six, one, six, two, one, five, one. I'll actually put the number up that's, um, on the screen there. So I'm just going to look for your phone call. Uh, mm -hmm. Laura, um, tell us why we typed the number out like this on the, uh, <laughs> the hotline there. Yeah, so this is the National Human Trafficking Hotline run out of uh, Washington, D.C. And um, it's not TAT's number, right? It's it's the national hotline that anybody can call at any time. But it is written that way so that it's a little bit easier to remember. 888-3737-888. Um, the other thing, and Tim, you had a great little graphic of the TAT app. We would encourage everybody to download the free truckers. Again. Hey, look at that. Look at those skills. Look at those tech skills. <laughs> Um, to download our free app um, and, you know, keep all these red flags at your fingertips. You can read through case studies. You can link to our videos. You can listen to our podcasts. Um, you can actually make a tip directly to the national hotline through that app. So if for some reason you can't remember the number, um, it is it is right there within the app. Um, and this is a great, just a great resource to have to continue, again, continue that education, continue to make yourself aware. Uh, we also have a version of this app for ELDs now, an ELD-friendly version of that app called ETAT. Um, and we're looking for fleets to deploy that out. So um, yeah, that's why we that's why we write the number that way. <clears throat> okay. All right. So um, y'all call the number, call 251-616-2151. And I just want to remind you also <clears throat> that you can go to this web link right here uh, to get TAT certified. Now, um, 
that's interesting about the ELD. I did not know that. Now, are you all uh, kind of pitching this toward like PeopleNet um, and some of the other major uh, ELD companies uh, to put it on there? We are hoping to. Yes, we had um, Zonar oh, wow. Systems add this app to their sort of catalog and library um, of of apps uh, for ELDs. Uh, Back, I think this was just back in November or December. The app is is pretty new for ELDs. Um, so, but yes, we would love to make connections with any of those um, any of those types of companies, and we're hoping. I mean, guys, how cool would it be if we could get all the ELD manufacturers yes. to preload that app before they even get sent out? Like in the box, you power that thing up, pull it out of the box, and it's got the ETAT TAT app on there. That would be so cool. Um, so we can we can move toward that. But that's <clears throat> that's an exciting new new thing for us. So 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 hopefully you can leverage some of the uh, uh, major LTL companies. Wink wink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and get them to, uh, you know, upload that and update their, their EOD. How cool would that be? You know, a driver could have that right there at his or her, her disposal. So um, either I don't have any calls coming in or my phone's still messed up. I don't think it's messed up because Steve and I, uh, we, yeah, we uh, tried it out. It worked. We tried it out earlier. Um, so, so what I do want to do is I do want to get to um, um, comments here. Uh, there's some comments that's coming here and uh, it says, I'm not a trucker uh, citizen against trafficking. I don't quite get that one. Steve, did you uh, look on, are you on the other uh, site there? Can you see who that is? Yeah, I believe that was uh, Mrs. Post. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. All right. I do want to get to this one right here. This is directed straight toward Liz. This is from Johnny Lowen. Johnny Lowen is a, um, um, heavy hauler. He hauls a lot of heavy equipment there. Um, so, it, so if they don't give the permission, we can't see their name and all on, on the third hour app, uh, app there. But Johnny says, uh, this is heartbreaking. Sorry, Liz. So glad you're using your story to make a huge impact on human trafficking. So well, uh, thank you, Johnny. And you know what? All of us get stuck with a story. We just get to choose what to do with it. I could stop sharing my story tomorrow and that would be okay. But for right now, it feels like the right choice um, to bring myself more healing, but to also bring awareness for others. So thank you so much. This one right here. Steve, do you know who this one's from? Uh, yeah, that's Tony Wainwright. Okay, yeah, Tony Wainwright. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, and uh, we work together. Uh, are the traffickers becoming more hidden with their tactics because the public becoming more educated on human trafficking? So I'll take a crack at this and then Liz, I'm, I'm interested to hear your story or your, your perspective. I would say, I mean, somewhat yes and no. I think the more, the more, I mean, kind of like at truck stops, what we've seen there, we've heard that there's less sort of door to door solicitation. And now things are all, um, excuse me, now things are all like set up on apps or websites and it's, it's more prearranged, um, although it still happens. Um, I think, unfortunately, the the real sort of flip to this question um, needs to be about demand because um, <clears throat> traffickers, unfortunately, know that there is, regardless of the tactics or the, the public being aware or unaware, um, as sometimes is still the case, the reality is there's still a demand for what they're selling. And until we address the issue of demand, we will not um, dry up the issue of human trafficking because, again, that's what 
traffickers are in this for power control and greed they're in it for the money and so if we suddenly take away their market or their market dries up and and they can't make money selling human beings well they will go on and sell something else or they'll go into some other kind of you know business not that this is a legitimate business by any means um but when we think about it that way we we really start to flip the issue on its head. And I think that that's a huge piece of even where TAD is going in 2023 is to continue to tackle that demand side. So we have a great training um, with, with some of our other awesome drivers that we have as ambassadors um, called Addressing Demand, Man to Man. And that was a video created because you all wanted additional resources for helping to have the, that tough conversation with sons or you know nephews or gym buddies or golf buddies or whoever, um, just to say, okay, I know that there's a link between the issue of human trafficking and the demand for commercial sex, but how do I start to have this conversation with the other guys in my life? How do I start to challenge them not to joke about buying or selling human beings, right? The, the links between pornography and all these things. Um, and so we created that resource that's on our website as well um, at, at just regular truckersagainsttrafficking.org, our regular website. You can click on the demand tab and, and get all of those resources um, from that perspective. So, sorry, I went on a tangent. Liz, do you think traffickers are getting smarter and, and hiding their tactics because the public is becoming more aware? Yes and no. Um, they are using more encrypted apps and like police are just realizing this across the board for most criminals that things can be used for good and they can be used for ill. Um, so I do think that our police have a lot harder time sometimes uh, getting the information that they need. But to me, that's what goes back to the public being aware of their surroundings and what they see. This could really help law enforcement build a case against these traffickers. So that's why I think it's crucial to get as much information from various avenues as possible. And um, I will say that I don't think traffickers are as smart as they think they are. Um, I think that they capitalize on our ignorance and our uh, just our ignorance. They capitalize on that. But the more that we can make ourselves aware of the red flags of the um, of the things that could happen, then we're in a better position for when we do see something. And I will recommend everyone, please program that number into your phone. Don't say I'll do it later or, oh, heck, what was that number? If you have it in your phone, it's going to make it a lot easier to be able to do it. Yep, absolutely. I want to get back to one of the comments right here. Uh, Scott Post is an avid listener to the show. Uh, drives for uh, FedEx Ground Drives at night, mainly up in Minnesota. Um, how many states require tax certification as a uh, requirement to obtain or renew a CDL? Do you know the answer to that? So I do. And um, Tim, I'm going to get to use our fancy new or your fancy new settings. I'm going to share something from my uh, from my screen here, maybe. Uh, let's see. Let's try it. Yeah, it's going. Let me let me add it to the stream. I, okay. I have to. I get. I I get control of it. That's a good thing. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Can you see this? Yes, I can. Okay. It's on so, the screen. Perfect. So we know that the states of Kansas and Arkansas are the only two states where it is the TAT certification is required for a renewing CDL license. But all of these states that you see here, so Washington, 
Kansas, Wisconsin, Maryland, Colorado, Oklahoma, Illinois, Ohio, Texas, Arkansas, Alabama, and Virginia also have either passed um, legislation or made some kind of administrative rule change sort of requiring the TAT training at the CDL school level. So for anybody obtaining a new CDL, which is what we think is just excellent. Let's get those new drivers coming through, um, looking to get those CDLs. Let's let's just have TAT, again, be part of the, the natural curriculum for becoming a truck driver. Just how awesome would that be? That would be awesome. Yeah. So... We are at the top of the hour. We got two minutes to the close of the show. You know, time flies. Uh, It's been a great, great show. I want to thank you, uh, Liz, for coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, Welcome. You know, I'm so sorry that you had to go through that. But think of the the many people that you're helping. And you know what? never know the impact that you're going to have on some other little girl's life. You know, Absolutely. I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but you're using you. it. You're using it for the good. I, I am certainly doing that. And thank you for the opportunity to be on here. I like meeting good people. The world is full of good people. So thank you for doing what you're doing and yeah. let's keep changing the world together. Let's absolutely do that. And Laura, thank you for coming on again. Um, uh, uh Liz and Laura, this is not going to be the last time you're on our show. I hope because uh, we want to bring you back. We want to keep the um, we want to keep this fresh, and we want to bring on more and more eyes and ears <clears throat> of the highway to combat this terrible crime of human trafficking. And drivers, there's over 3.6 million of us out there. You think about it, 3.6 million eyes and ears on the highway. What kind of difference could we make? If every one of you got tech certified, let me say this. I was thinking about this earlier. You know, a lot of companies uh, roll out TAT training to their employees, you know, and stuff like that. However, you do not have to wait. You can go get TAT certified yourself. OTR drivers, go do it. You know, it takes 30 minutes. Go do it. Um, you know, non-OTR drivers, do it. You know, uh, self-employed drivers, do it, you know. Hot shots, uh, y'all do it. Y'all, y'all could get, get tax certified. So anyway, Laura, we thank you. Every bit of information that we heard tonight was so valuable. And I'm just, you know, elated. <clears throat> I want to hear the feedback that we get from it. And I want to I want to see more people tax certified. I'm going to um, back off the mic and let Steve um, say his goodbyes. I echo everything Tim said. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. Look forward to uh, seeing you all in the future. And um, I'll save it for the next show, but I want to talk about prosecution, how much is getting prosecuted, things of that nature. We'll save it for the next show. So that means we have to have a next show. But uh, Liz, bless you. Bless you. Maybe someday we'll get to meet. And uh, I'd like that. Yes. So, uh, and uh, just to touch on Tim, you don't have to be a truck driver. Get your friends. Get your family. That's right. Get them all involved. You That's never right. know what could happen, especially if you got high schoolers, junior highs. Yep. Get them in there. Let them see what's going on. Yeah. So thank you all. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks panel. for having us. Panel, if you'll thank hold you guys. On, if you'll hold on until we go off the air, I'd appreciate it. Steve, your last words and uh, uh, your goodbye words there. Okay. Remember, most important trip is the trip home. Bless y'all. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. 
All right, everybody. Uh, Y'all be looking for me tomorrow with my uh, morning safety message. And uh, as I always say, look out for those who aren't looking out for themselves. themselves. (laughs) I got to go trucking. See (laughs) y'all.